welcome to the Constructor Cast, your AGC place for all the news, views, and interviews relevant to your construction business. I'm your host, Amy Hager. With me today is Leah Pilcones, Senior Counsel of Environmental Law and Policy here at AGC. Welcome, Leah. Thank you, Amy. Happy to be with you today. So the environmental review and permitting processes are cumbersome. And I know AGC recognizes it can delay projects and increase costs. And so Leah is really here today to help us navigate these waters and explain the environment. And Leah, by the way, a background, can you tell our listeners about the federal environmental requirements for construction projects? Sure, I'd be happy to. And of course, I'm just going to be starting out with a little bit of background. As I'm sure everybody knows, before breaking ground, most projects need many, many environmental approvals. And that comes pursuant to many, many environmental laws. (laughs) And those laws are administered by many, many different government agencies. So, Things can definitely get very complex, and especially when you're talking about larger infrastructure projects. And those projects typically do not qualify for the more efficient general permitting procedures, and they're going to need to get the individual permits on a project-by-project basis. So the reality is that It can take several years and millions of dollars to get environmental clearance for construction, even if the goal is to develop green infrastructure or if you're trying to improve the environment or restore and rehabilitate our aging infrastructure. I work most closely with the federal regulatory agencies, particularly Mm -hmm. the US EPA and Army Corps of Engineers, Department of Interior. And it's these federal agencies, along with the state environment agencies, that regulate construction. So construction sites, stormwater runoff, activities in waters and wetlands, impacts to birds and other species and plants, oil and chemical storage and spills on job sites. There are so so many requirements. Um, if you go to the environmental section of AGC's website, and the shortcut for that is www.agc.org slash environment, you'll see there's a box on the right side of the screen that you can click on. And there you can access something called the Construction Industry Compliance Assistance Center. And that's a great online tool that will help you navigate through some of these requirements. Now, also on that section of our website, you're going to find a flow chart on the environmental approvals for infrastructure projects, along with a little backgrounder that explains how to use the flowchart. And that really serves another purpose. It's intended to have some shock value and to graphically illustrate why permitting reforms are needed. And I would even say, pause this podcast really quick and go take a look, because if you haven't looked at that chart, it is a little overwhelming, and I think maybe you'd get a better sense of um, really the process. So I want to take a step back and talk about the differences in approach from the Obama and Trump administration real quick, Leah. So what do you think the biggest differences have been between the two administrations on environmental regulations? 
Sure. And that's a pretty easy one. President Trump has been very outspoken about the fact that he believes federal regulations are really out of control. And even, you know, going back to when he was on the campaign trail, he said that as many as 70 percent of federal agency rules could be eliminated by his administration. So we're really seeing a push towards deregulation. And there's been some movement in that direction that we can talk about. Well, I was going to say, so um, how has President Trump directed the regulatory agencies to approach reform? President Trump has issued a a series of executive orders Mm -hmm. that have been focused on environmental matters. So it's been Uh, an exciting and interesting time to try to track all of this. In a few cases, the president has asked the regulatory agencies to review and then revise some of the key Obama-era rulemakings and practices, like, for example, the waters of the United States definition. Um, Also, you've probably seen in the news recently um, the clean power plan rule. He's also put forth a pretty comprehensive plan about reorganizing the executive branch, where he's calling for federal agencies to eliminate and restructure or merge programs or activities that that are redundant, Mm -hmm. Um, trying to look like what is non-essential to our agency's missions, and, and let's cut what we don't need and try to accomplish the same thing more efficiently and effectively. And then related to this are also orders for federal agencies to, and this is a big one, to review existing rules that are on the books right now and identify what is burdensome, what is outdated. Everything is up for possible reconsideration. So I mentioned that I work closely with EPA and the Army Corps of Engineers. Um, Those agencies, as well as other federal agencies, they have set up regulatory task forces, and they have held stakeholder public meetings. They've taken public comment on what rules should be modified or removed. And so this has been a major undertaking, and all of that is – influenced by President Trump's much-talked-about two-for-one executive order that is requiring agencies to identify for future repeal two existing regs for every new one that's proposed or promulgated. Um, And then, you know, on top of all that, there are executive orders specifically focused on speeding up permitting for infrastructure projects. So lots going on. And you know, somewhat related. Well, and some might think that it's just really easy to change or repeal regulations, especially with executive orders. So why can't the new administration just change them? Explain to us what it takes to really change the regulations. And that's such a great question and one that uh, I, I get quite often. Kind of at the outset, it's important to understand that most environmental regulations take the form of pretty detailed rules that are promulgated, like if we're talking about EPA, under their statutory authority using a formal rulemaking process. That process is laid out by the Administrative Procedures Act. Mm -hmm. You've got 
a public notice of a proposed rule. There's a period of public comment, publication of the final rule, and the agencies responding to the comments they've received, how they were taken into account. And this record of this process includes the agency's justification for the rule. It's the administrative record. It can take years to develop. Mm. It can include scientific studies. Um, you may have advisory committees, hearings, and economic analysis. So you say, how easy is it to undo a reg? <laughs> well, I often use the analogy, you have to back the car out of the driveway the same way that you drove it in. So the process of repealing an existing regulation must go through the process I just described with limited exception. So President Trump can't, cannot simply issue an executive order just rescinding rules, but he can generally direct EPA to review or revisit a rule, you know, in accordance with legal procedure. And we're seeing that with the Waters of the U.S. rule, for example, that I mentioned. Um, but if and when EPA does eliminate or modify a rule, um, they can expect, likely, that environmental groups and probably some states are, are probably going to challenge that action in court, and it's under the arbitrary and capricious standard for review. So they've got to have a solid legal record, you know, to justify that change. And then um, finally, you know, there's the option and the path of working with Congress. So President Trump can work with Congress to pass new laws that could overwrite existing EPA rules. So it's not easy. I was going to say, there is not, not an quick. easy button for <laughs> right. this process. <laughs> so it, even though it's not easy, I do know there's been a lot of effort going towards making this process better. And so what has AGC been doing to promote streamlining and permitting reform? And you know what? Let's go ahead and start with Congress. So AGC has been working really hard with Congress to try to make significant changes to the regulatory process. We've been pushing hard for reforms that would allow Congress to have greater say in the rulemaking realm. And for, for a long time, you know, as long as I've been working with AGC, 15 plus years and before that, we've been pushing hard for fact-based rulemaking where regulations undergo a very thorough economic analysis, really important in the environmental arena. We want things to be based on sound science. We want there to be um, transparency in methods and goals. Um, but both Congress and the White House have turned to AGC for real like, common sense recommendations for streamlining the federal environmental review and permitting process. And this year alone, I've been invited to testify on behalf of AGC uh, twice. Mm -hmm. And we have put together a very comprehensive set of recommendations. You can read them on our, um, they're on our website, uh, agc.org slash environment. But I'll just share with you kind of in part some of the things that we've recommended. Okay. Looking at the NEPA review process, the process under the National Environmental Policy Act, we've really stressed that the NEPA review and the regulatory permitting process they must be coordinated and advanced concurrently, not sequentially. So there really needs to be timelines and deadlines for completing these approvals. 
And one thing that we're talking a lot about and that we're supporting is a nationwide merger of the NEPA and the Clean Water Act 404 permitting processes. So the Corps of Engineers would be issuing the 404 permit at the end of the NEPA review based on the information generated by NEPA. And we're looking at that because data show that those two processes take the longest, are the costliest, and are subject to the most disagreements. And related to that, to reduce duplication, we're calling for the monitoring and mitigation and planning work performed during NEPA just in general to satisfy the environmental permitting requirements unless there's a material change in the project. And so what about the federal um, regulators like EPA? And I know you mentioned a little bit about the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers. Yes. So, and remember when I told you about the uh, regulatory reform task forces that the federal agencies have put together and that they've gone out for public comment and asked for input on what rules should be um, looked at for reform or, or repeal. So we've been extensively engaged in that regulatory reform process. We've submitted, you know, 50 plus, probably close to 100 pages of written comments already. We've participated in listening sessions. We've given statements. And really importantly, had many, many face-to-face meetings um, sitting at the table with folks that are actually working this process to discuss construction-specific priorities. So the engagement and the outreach and and the the discussion has really um, been high level and um, I think very meaningful. And so through all of this, what has been some of the successes that you can share with us? So change takes time. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) But we have seen some successes. Um, Historically, EPA has issued the most and the costliest regulations compared to all federal regulatory agencies. And when we took a look at the 2017 regulatory agenda that came out a few months ago, it really did show the slowing of regulation has occurred since President Trump took office. Hmm. So agencies have begun this process now Mm -hmm. of, as we discussed, looking at their rules on the books and deciding, you know, what what are we going to do moving forward? So for EPA's part, when we took a look at what EPA has in the pipeline, there are a lot less rules in the pipeline right now than what we normally see. But in addition, the agency has eliminated or set aside dozens of rules by listing them on this completed or inactive list, including one really important to construction that would have revised the stormwater regs to cover discharges from developed sites. So we had been calling this the post-construction stormwater rule. Uh So that's off the table right now. EPA said that's a completed inactive action. 
they also, EPA, moved um, some things to the back burner, like they had been working on determining whether or not to propose uh, lead paint work practice rules for public and commercial buildings. That's been moved to the long-term list. And EPA's begun the process of unwinding the 2015 Waters of the U.S. rule that has been the subject of litigation. It's been on hold nationwide, Mm. very controversial, and they're um, working to replace that with a new rule. Um, I I wanted to make sure I I shared that EGC was recently invited to be a construction industry partner in EPA's new Smart Sectors program. And that is focused on better informed rulemaking, um, reducing regulatory burden. So it's kind of linked in and related to um, the task force work uh, because through this, AGC has a direct point of contact in the Office of Policy. So we're going to have an opportunity to shape the outcomes on issues on the agency's to-do list. And this partnership work is something that we've um, been asking for, you know, for the last decade, you know, getting more engaged in uh, industry agency collaborative partnership work. Um, we're also seeing um, renewed focus on um, supporting compliance assistance efforts. EPA recently renewed another five-year grant to help support the Construction Industry Compliance Assistance Center um, that I told you about. So um, all positive things in that area. So outside of the um, center that you just mentioned, where else can our listeners go to get information on how to comply with environmental rules and permits right now? So I really think that the Construction Industry Compliance Assistance Center is a great one-stop shop. Oh, and good. it is supported by AGC of America as well as US EPA. So the tools that we're, we're working with EPA to develop, you know, tools that EPA is developing independently, they're all being funneled and linked to from the SECA Center, which mm. is great. AGC writes periodic news articles um, on environmental issues that are important to construction. And those articles are feeding into the SECA Center on its homepage. We've got a dedicated um, Twitter account focused on environmental issues. Those tweets feed into the SECA page. Now, you're also going to see this on the environment page on AGC's website. Um, In addition, AGC has a yearly environmental conference focused on construction industry issues and concerns related to the environment. Mm -hmm. And we have a group of in-house environmental managers um, that work for construction firms that will be meeting concurrently with our convention coming up in New Orleans at the end of February. Well, Leah, I have to thank you for taking time today. It's definitely a huge topic and, like I said, cumbersome. And just remember, if you'd like to learn more about the environmental streamlining process and everything that Leah mentioned here today, you can start by visiting www.agc.org forward slash environment. I want to thank you for listening, and this has been the AGC Constructor Cast.